Now a word from our public sponsor. Waiters who check on you too often. We're there when you don't want us to be. Always asking, everything good? Can I get you anything? No! <laughs> But they come back. And they're there, even when you say no. Waiters. Can't live with them. Need them to order your food. Well, thank you, waiters, for sponsoring this episode of Trust Me, I'm Funny. What would we do without telling you what we want to eat and drink and paying you too little? Anyway, back to my interview with Michaela Cutlip, where we are talking about how she became an MPA student and through her journey of interior design and I through working with you and talking to you in class about everything that comes to my mind poor Michaela mind you um, you all listening probably just hear my voice when you choose to listen to this podcast or when you have to spend time with me rarely if you're my friend or family um, but Michaela has to see me like several times during the week <laughs> And when I have a thought, I just talk, and I'm like, Michaela, guess what? Or I'm like, I listen to this cool thing, or I'm doing this fun thing, or these are my problems. And she just is like a great sport and sits there and listens and offers kind feedback. And never once have I felt like she just wants me to like shut up or disappear. She's a very kind person, and... You know, I've, applaud Michaela right now if you can um, for putting up with me. And sometimes I can tell when, like, it's not me, but, like, she's got her own thing going on. <laughs> and I'll say something and just, like, the tone. It's like she doesn't want to come off, like, leave me alone, but, like, I can sense it. And so I just, like, simmer down. Um, and then usually, like, within a half hour, she's, like, fixed her... Um, herself so she's back to the peppy Michaela but I think I've learned like the the eye facial expression or like the tone when she's like not in the mood um so anyway she is very subdued feminist I would say um her Instagram she'll like post cool songs or stuff right you, I deleted Instagram That's okay. but when I have seen you post stuff which isn't too often mm -hmm. um it's usually like empowering I feel and so I just wanted to ask you where you feel like that has come from or where exactly on the spectrum of feminist I know you've gone to some marches in the past You said your mom is pretty involved in, like, women's movements. Um, so just kind of talk about, you know, how you fit into that and what it is you you do or want to do or whatever that identity is. Ooh, that's a good question. And it's, like, a layered 
Um, yeah. I, it's like a chocolate layer cake, it my is. question. Oh my gosh, which is like my favorite cake. Um, I think a lot of it comes from like how I was raised. Um, I feel like my mom is very, like she has a really strong identity and like passions. And so growing up, I saw that like her journey and her story and other women similar and different to her facing different challenges in life and um, you know situations that I think they felt limited by and um, so then growing up in the time period that that we grew have grown up in and having like you know the privilege to like seek higher education and to really expand opportunities um, living in different places meeting different people has like I think really informed my view as far as where I am right now in my life. Um, so I think like it's interesting because Stella, we've talked a little bit about how like the focus that we have in school right now has has shifted some of those those ideas um, because we're studying city management and that role is supposed to be like nonpartisan, non-biased. Like you are there to carry out a vision. Um, and usually that's a vision that's set externally to you. Um, so it's really not about yourself. It's about the, the greater good and like the community's voice being channeled through your actions. Um, so I say all of that to say that I think it's shifted some of my, my perceptions on things. Um, I want to work towards, um, I see things as like the more positive opportunity and, um, connections out there to expand opportunity for um, people who have not always found that um, based on the the structural institutions that we have. I feel like if we can change that, that would shift a lot of the power dynamic and just be a really positive thing. So I see it as like a constructive movement. Um, And yeah, I think I've been fortunate in my life to... I feel like I will have opportunity in my life, hopefully, to kind of open some opportunities for people just like that has been opened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just feel lucky because, like, I look back on, like, you know, generations before me and for for other groups with less privilege, and, like, that's not always the case. So I just try to be mindful of that and then think, so with that, what can I do? I don't necessarily feel like I have the most power to do that right now, but maybe in the future. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Or we can do it. What is the, like, the woman, the Rosie the Riveter, what does the oh, sign say? Um, I think it's yes, we can, right? Or is that Obama? Obama. <laughs> um, I know what you're saying. We can do it? Something uh, like that. I don't know. Whatever it is, you'll do it. <laughs> so will you, Stella. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Kate. I, like I just gave like a political speech, <laughs> like I'm running for office. Cut lip 2020. <laughs> Catch her at your next city council election. <laughs> um, shifting gears a bit, something that I try to bring up with each guest, or at least I have so far, I think. Um, if you're comfortable or something that you're comfortable sharing what is a personal challenge or kind of one of the bigger like hurdles I think that um one of the reasons I was inspired to have a podcast is that 
you know, on TV or in media, often the people we look up to who are like advocates about something or examples of good or bad, whatever, uh, it almost seems like unattainable or unrelatable, like, oh, maybe this person's had a struggle, but like, how do I relate to it? But I think that there's beauty in that. Every person you walk by, like, their life may seem great and they have a struggle or like maybe their life isn't great and it was in the past or whatever. I think we each have a story and something that makes us unique or something that's given us the movement to be where we are. Um, for me, I've talked about like my medical stuff or for a friend, I, some of my other friends, it was like finding confidence or you know, even I think it can also be a point of insecurity for some people if they haven't had a challenge in life and dealing with, you know, you know, to their their life it might seem like a challenge, but in comparison to peers, maybe it's, you know, not that big of a deal. So now that I've gone on a rant and tangent about this question, um, if there's anything that came to mind in related relation to that, um, that you want to share about yourself um, to inspire or relate to people, go ahead. Yeah. I think for me, like looking back on my life, I'll, I have had challenges like feeling like I fit in and feeling confident like in myself. And I feel like that's been a feeling that I've had since like a little kid. Um, and I still feel it like at work all the time. Like I think people call it, like, imposter syndrome or something. Mm -hmm. I often feel like what I am and what I bring to the table is not right. Um, whether it's, like, how I present myself, like, physically or what I end up saying or what I want to say. I have a hard time, like, feeling like my true self in all aspects of my life and feeling like that's accepted. Um... And I hope that that's something that I can, like, learn how to shift and, like, connect with, like, my power, whatever that means. Um, it's, like, on Instagram, like an Instagram quote. Um, but I think, like, for me, one one way that that's played out, like, a significant challenge was, um, so growing up, like, it, I had braces growing up, and it turns out, like, my jaws grew, like, in a, in not the right way. And so, like, I had an underbite. So for a long time in my life, like probably 10 years, we were like planning this big surgery that I was going to have. And a lot of the language around it from like surgeons and whatnot was like, you're going to look normal and like you're going to like fit in and like, and it really kind of paralleled some of the insecurities that I had at that time. Um, and so having that surgery at 18, it was really an interesting thing because it was an elective surgery. So I was like choosing to do this. But I was also, I think, mentally kind of groomed to, like, believe that I needed this. And I still think it was, like, the right choice. And it, it's probably, like, improved the quality of my life. But it changed the way that I looked. And it had, like, some interesting side effects with some of those feelings. You know, it's like, okay, well, maybe I look, like, more normal. More like most of the population. But you also have to deal with, like, the internal part of that. And I think that that's still something that I'm working on, you know? Um, I mean, that's like a lifelong kind of journey. But it was an interesting, like, parallel, you know, around the time that I was 18. Like, I graduated from high school. 
I went into the surgery. I became, like, super dependent on the people around me. Right in the time where you're supposed to be, like, moving on into independence. Mm. And then I went into, like, uh, an environment in college where, like, nobody really knew what I looked like before. So it's, like, trying to figure out what aspects of myself do I really identify with. Is it how I look or is it, like, what I think or how I feel? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it was an interesting time. And that was, like, a while ago. How old am I? I'm 26. So, math. Eight years ago. Yeah, almost a decade ago. And so it's like, I feel like I want to mark a decade of that, like, with some sort of, like... Get a nose job. No, I'm just kidding. You don't need a nose job. Another elected surgery. Got it. I'm going to get, like, my legs elongated because they told me I was going to be, like, 5'9", and I'm not. Um, So, I don't know. It's just, like got to deal with it on different levels. I feel like that's kind of like a, a theme that I've noticed in my life. Yeah. Um, like the internal and external and your role in all of that. And like, honestly, nobody was really caring if my jaw was like, you know, not quote unquote normal. But right. Yeah, that self-image is important, especially when there's something that shifts it. I, th- I reminisce... Um, through old pictures I have a lot and for people who knew me in the earlier part of my life granted I'm only 23 but in my youth and adolescence um I because of my Crohn's disease my growth was delayed and so you know I looked normal I didn't necessarily have like a deformity not that yours was a deformity but like I but I was like the wrong size for my peer group so I didn't look normal to my age group Mm -hmm. like I looked like a normal kid of a younger age but for my like peers I wasn't normal and so that didn't change till I was like I had surgery in the eighth grade and then after that I started to grow so it took a couple years for me to catch up And so I didn't hit puberty till I was, like, a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So, like, these life experiences, you know, of, like, growing up, I, like, wasn't going through it with my peers at the same time. And so similar, that identity of, like, how people see me and, like, how I feel like I should be looking. And then when I finally changed and, like, looked, normal you know looked my age or started to grow um develop it was like that confidence shift of oh now I feel confidence but why is it that like now that I look pretty or now that this is happening that people see me for who I am when they didn't before um 